Okay, this is super fun. So welcome, Sarah, to my show. Hi, Trisha. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, I, first of all, we're going to talk about your book, The Wonderful Way You Are. And I love this so much. And I read it and just welled up with tears because you did such a great job with it. So start by telling a little bit about the book and why you wrote it. Um, and I know anyone who reads it, it's going to make them tear up too. It's so well done. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I wrote that book. It's designed as a picture book for families of children with special needs of a variety of types. My daughter was born with a rare genetic syndrome, and as she was getting ready to go to school for the first time, I wanted a way that I could share with her classmates a little bit about what life might be like for her. And just to remind everyone that we are wonderful just the way that we are, that we all face a a lot of different challenges. Some of our kids' challenges are a little bit more visible than others. And just to remind one another that um, it's okay to be different and that being different can be a good thing. Yeah, I love that so much. And even in the back of the book, you have some of the kids that you highlighted within the story. And I love the way you put it. Like one of them, it says, his superpower is autism. And of course, you know, autism isn't visible. Um, Some of these other special needs are more visible, but I love so much that when you were were writing this book, you made it clear, like all of us are unique and all of us are different, but we are all special and that, you know, we are all wonderful too. And I love how, you know, it's not just the very visible things that people think are special need, but you really highlighted, I mean, all types of special needs. Right. And my daughter has some visible differences. She has a condition called Gorlin syndrome. So anytime she goes outside, we have to wear sunscreen and a sun hat. And, you know, for a five-year-old to go outside look, looking a little bit like an 80-year-old gardener, you know, with all of her yeah. sun protective gear, that makes her stand out a little bit. But then she also has some brain abnormalities um, that make her, you know, do things a little bit slower than maybe some of her peers do. Um, but I think it's important for us to acknowledge that. Uh, And for kids to be exposed to it and to know that it's okay um, to notice that there are differences. We're not blind. We know that there are differences, but just to kind of develop that empathy um, that we can treat one another with kindness and love, even if we are different from one another. Yeah. So this is really not just a book for kids with special needs, although I think it will help them feel special and feel unique and feel like, okay, there's other kids like me. But like you were saying, we want other kids to have empathy or families to have empathy, our classrooms or Sunday school (laughs) rooms. And so really, this is a great book for all of us to read like, okay, I can see that maybe that person is feeling sad because it does show like pictures of maybe someone in a wheelchair is having to sit off to the side and feels kind of sad about it. Um, And I think it does help us be aware of like, okay, let's notice other people and let's notice maybe not only their differences, but maybe they are feeling sad or they are feeling like they're left out. So why was this important to you too? Well, absolutely. I think, I mean, as a parent, I wanted my daughter to feel accepted by her peers as well. Um, There's that part of you never want your kid to be the one who Mm -hmm. feels left out and feels different. And there'd be times I'd go to play dates when my daughter was younger and I would leave in tears because she couldn't do what her peers could do. Uh, Or she was doing things that the babies were doing when the toddlers who were her age were doing other things. So I just wanted her to know that she was loved and accepted. And I mm-hmm. wanted her her classmates to treat her that same way as well. 
I love it. Okay, so the book is The Wonderful Way You Are. I love it so much. I highly recommend it. And Sarah, you know, we, I mentioned in the bio that she's a writer and a musician. So there's even, you know, music that you can um, go to the website and listen to the music for it. And you have other resources. So talk about a little about these other resources that you have. Yeah, I have a downloadable activity guide that people can use in classrooms, or you can use it just one-on-one with your kid. Just some coloring pages. The illustrator who did the illustrations for the book also made me some really fun coloring sheets that can go with it. Um, Just some ways to extra activities to kind of talk about difference and um, to celebrate the differences that we all have. So good. Okay. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, wow, Sarah is so talented. She like creates her own music and she writes books. So I really want to talk about like, and I know I get this question all the time and I'm sure you get this question. Like, how do we do this in the middle of raising kids and having a family? Like I've been writing since my oldest one was probably three or four years old. Now he's 31. That's a lot of years. And I know you've been creating your own music and writing when you have four very busy kids at home. So let's talk a little bit about that and like why it's important to you to take time to do these things. I think it's wonderful for our kids to see their parents, their mothers, especially pursuing the things that God has put on their heart for them to do. I think there's this temptation that once we become parents, that needs to be like our one and only focus is, you know, washing the clothes and cooking the dinners. And those are all good and very important things. But I think our kids can learn so much when they watch us, kind of like your book, the walk it out. You you go and you are pursuing the things that God has put on your heart to do. And so for me, from a little girl, I always wanted to write. I always wanted to create music. So once the kids came along, it was just kind of that balancing act to figure out, okay, how do I juggle the two of these things uh, without sacrificing <laughs> one of right. them, you know, and it's, you can, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. So you have to kind of learn that give and take between pursuing those creative tasks and managing a household. And it's, it's a learning process and it changes based on the seasons of your kids' lives. My kids are finally in school for the first time in 12 years. And now I have time in the morning to work. I, I used to joke that I worked from 8 PM to 2 AM yeah. And now I can work from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's much, much easier <laughs> now. So it's just having that grace to know, do what you can, but also have real realistic expectations of what you're capable of in that particular season. Right. And it's not like you're saying like, you know, kids are there and you're like, okay, go sit over there in the corner because I'm going to do these things right. like you're talking about, like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. I remember, I mean, I when we first connected on Facebook years ago, you're like, I was up all night recording <laughs> I'm like, well, my kids are sleeping. And I mean, I, okay, this is funny. Just today I have a, a course that I'm releasing tomorrow and I've been sick. And so I haven't been able to record all the audio to go along with my slides. I got up at three o'clock. I went out into my van in my garage because <laughs> I knew if I was in the living room or anywhere else, people would hear me. And I recorded a 25 minute presentation to go along with my slideshow and I've been doing this for 31 years so you know we still have to find kind of those windows and and tuck those things um into it it's funny because I was in the in the garage and my dog has to go everywhere and there's a couple points in the recording where you could hear him whining like what are we doing in the garage and I'm like you know what 
I do not have time to re-record this. This is just going to have a dog's whine in two go. places. So Yeah. No, I hear you on that. And I mean, it's just important for us to realize that there are seasons of life. And just to be realistic with what you can handle for right now. Because when I recorded my first album, it was during nap time on a keyboard I bought at Costco. (laughs) And I recorded in a garage band. Um, So just kind of like doing what you can with what you have now. Mm -hmm. Because there is no perfect time. Like you think, oh, well, once my kids are in school, then I'll have all this time to do things. No, like more stuff happens. And suddenly the time that you thought you were going to have isn't there anymore. So just kind of being resourceful with what you do have. If it's only... 30 minutes during nap time, Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, do what you can and realize that you're probably not going to be able to accomplish the same amount as somebody whose kids are grown and out of the house and doesn't have the same level of responsibilities. It's just a matter of using what you have for right now to the best of your ability and giving yourself grace and being realistic with what you can actually handle in that moment. And yet really what you're saying is like, Forget perfectionism. Absolutely. If, oh, if goodness. we did that, like I would have nothing done. You would have nothing done. And I love how you're like, I bought this keyboard from Costco and I recorded. But let's talk a little bit about your music because I mean, I have it. I stream it on Spotify and it has done really well. So even that little that you have that you use, I mean, it has blessed a lot of people. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've always loved music, always loved it. And so when my kids were little, I thought, okay, what's a way I can express myself creatively? I'm at home with my babies. What's something that I can do from home? And so I I looked up on YouTube, you know, how to record from my keyboard to my iPad. And I recorded first some Christmas music, uploaded it to Spotify. And then I've done some instrumental hymns albums and I just passed 3 million streams on Spotify so this cool. year. Yeah. And so it's nothing fancy. It's it's a stay-at-home mom of four sitting in her living room recording music during nap time on an iPad and a Costco keyboard. So there, there's a lot of times we think in our mind, we've got to have the best equipment or we have to have the best software or we have to have like a designated office in our house. You don't have to have those things to pursue your dreams. You just need to be faithful with what you do have. So if you have a piece of paper and a notebook and you've always wanted to write, get your pencil out in that notebook and do it. Like you don't have to have the top of the line software. If you want to record music, get your keyboard out and your iPhone and start recording songs. You know, there are things you can do with what you have. And then down the road, you can get the better equipment and you can have the more experience that you need to make things more professional. But I think we use that perfection, like you're saying that perfectionism to think if it's not perfect, I can't do it right now. And that's a lie. I mean, you can always get better, mm-hmm. but you have to start from somewhere in order to to get better from there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I write lots of books. I use my Word. Like I mm-hmm. use a Word document. I don't have any fancy writing software, Scrivener or any of those things. I used to have my own office for a very short period of time. Then we adopted a whole bunch of kids. Right. And now my office is in my bedroom and there's always stuff piled everywhere because <laughs> it's an office and a bedroom. So yeah, I totally agree. Like we always put these hindrances and I really think it's because uh, we're afraid like we won't succeed or we won't do a good job. So we kind of go, well, I can't do it because of this or I can't do it because of that. But really, I mean, you and I are both like, hey, <laughs> if we could do it with yeah. the kids or during nap time with my Costco keyboard, with my bedroom slash office slash uh, 
the kids are walking through here constantly and I still right. manage to get stuff done. So we really, we really don't have excuses, but I also think it's so important to have other people oh, to absolutely. connect with and to encourage. Cause I know, I mean, I think you and I connected, was it through mops initially? I don't know, but through the years, I've always yeah, I been like. I initially started out as a book review blogger, probably, okay. I don't know, like 12, <laughs> yeah. 12 years ago. And I think I did a book review of one of your books, maybe your Titanic book or one of those. It's a long time ago, but I think that was initially, but then I've been a part of your write that book group since that kind of started. And that has been, speaking of community, a great encouragement for me. When I joined Write That Book, I had not written my book. Yes. <laughs> but that accountability and that encouragement really helped me a lot in reminding me that, hey, I can try. You know, I can get those words down on paper and I can share them with others. And it, it's been a blessing for me, for sure. And I think it's so helpful to know, like, it's not a crazy dream or it's not like outside of our scope or our ability when we see other people doing it. And I think that's one of the best things about the community. I mean, in Write That Book, we definitely have teachers and we have mentors, me and other professional authors and editors that give lessons and that teach. But I also think just being in there and like someone saying, like Sarah's like, hey, I did my children's book. And I was like, wait, how did you do that? <laughs> I want to do that. And right. we just like get inspired when we see other people and when we hear encouragement, we have people pray for us or, you know, when we're going through a hard time and someone says, don't give up. I think that community can help us so, so It much. makes a huge, because writing especially is such an isolating career. Mm-hmm. You're, you're most of the time just you and your computer and you don't a lot of times have somebody sitting right next to you saying, hey, what you're doing is important. It really does make a difference. Keep it up. You can do it. But having that virtual community really can, you know, give you that encouragement you need on those days when you're like, I should probably be folding laundry right now. Like, why am I wasting my time pursuing this? You know, just to have somebody say your voice matters, your story matters. Please don't quit. Like, please, please share your words because they are making a difference. Yeah. And, and there are going to be those things like you're talking about, okay, there's that laundry. I have laundry right now in my hallway that needs to be folded, you know, I'm talking with right. Sarah on the podcast, but I have laundry. I mean, we do have to say no to some things. And that's one of the things I talk about is uh, when I encourage people, it's like, we kind of have to lower our standards, but know right. that it's for a greater purpose. Like yeah. if I was worried about keeping my house clean all the time, I would never get anything done. Right. And it's for a season too. Like when I was finishing up my book initially, like there were lots of long hours of editing and making sure I've got everything ready for the book launch and all the things. So on those days we ate a lot of pizza, you know, (laughs) the laundry pile got a little bit higher than it probably should have, but that was for a season, you know, and I love what you say, you know, we lower our standards a little bit because something has to give. And that's okay. That's okay. You just have to look at your values and say, what is most important to me right now? Is it most important that I have this immaculate home? Or is it most important that I'm pursuing these God-given dreams that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing? Because you you can live with a little bit of laundry on your bed. But if you're totally constantly denying that little pull that God has placed in your heart, you're maybe not going to have that that sense of fulfillment and purpose that you might have if you are pursuing those things that you feel like God has led you to do. Yeah. And I think so many times we have like these expectations, like my house should always be clean or this always, you know, great dinner every night or all these things. And, you know, especially I went from three kids to to 10 kids. And so we had, you know, empty nest almost. I had a high schooler to again, seven kids in the home. And I remember I would just be so overwhelmed and frustrated with myself thinking like, 
I should be able to have this all together. And friends would come by and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to see how messy my house is. They're stepping over the shoes and there's dog hair all over my dining room floor because I didn't get in there and sweep the last couple days. And I apologize. And friends were like, uh, I wasn't expecting you to have a clean house. Like you have a lot going on and a lot of kids. And I think, I think we are more generous with other people. Like when I say, oh yeah, Sarah, it's okay that you totally haven't folded your laundry today. But with ourselves, we kind of like, oh, you should be doing this. And I've learned to like, okay, if I was seeing my friend struggling with this or really feeling bad, what would I tell her? And then I tell that to myself, like, it's okay. Like, like you said, it's a season or you can fold that laundry tomorrow or, you know, this is for a greater purpose right now. Um, I think we need to be more kind to ourselves. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of grace, like showing grace to others and showing grace to your spe- yourself, especially because we mm-hmm. need that. I mean, nobody's going to be perfect. We're not going to meet the expectations. It's just a matter of looking at what your values are, what is most important to you and having that conversation with your spouse or with your kids and say, Hey, for this next week, life's going to be a little crazy. Just to give you a heads up, I might need a little extra help here and that it's okay to ask for help when you need help. Yeah. And usually they're like, okay, like, yeah. okay, <laughs> you're ordering pizza. All right. <laughs> they don't yeah. have a problem with that. Or My kids are and, always happy with pizza. Yeah. They're like, I'll make some mac and cheese. I'm like, great. And my husband's like, we have leftovers in there. We can eat that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Usually people are more generous and uh, they know, they know we're stressed out and they're always like, leave mom alone. <laughs> She's right. a little stressed right now. So one thing that I've loved, like over the, you mentioned, like we first connected probably, I don't know, over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And then it's like, okay, look at Sarah has this music out and Sarah's working on this children's book. And now um, I know that you are meant are coaching other writers. So let's talk about that because I just love to see this, like this growth that I've seen in you. And as you've taken these steps of faith, I mean, God has really honored you and like, opened up even wider doors for you to walk through. So let's talk about kind of this new step that you're stepping into. Yeah. So I actually, when I was in your write that um, book group, which I'm still in, one of your guests and experts that you had in was Brenda Yoder. And she mentioned that she did book coaching. She was a coach for writers. And I thought, oh, that might help me. Cause I was dealing with a lot of those frustrations of mm-hmm. I'm a mom. How in the world do I write a book and raise four kids and manage it all? And I was feeling really overwhelmed and really frustrated. Cause like I said, God had put this dream in my heart since I was little to be a writer. And I'm like, I just don't know how to make it work. And so I contacted her and um, actually hired her as a coach and worked with her for a few um, months, just figuring out the logistics of how do I get this from dream to done. And through that process, I realized how helpful coaching can be. So Hope Writers this last year has launched a coaching program and they had a coaching certification process that I went through this last fall um, where I learned kind of how to work one-on-one with writers to help them get unstuck where they feel there are problems areas, whether that's setting up a writing routine, a writing schedule, trying to figure out who their audience is or how to kind of deal with some of those mental things that can get in the way of writing, whether that's procrastination or imposter syndrome, where you feel like, who am I to even try this? Somebody's going to figure out, I don't know what I'm Which doing. Every, every author. Everybody deals with that. <laughs> I've talked to best-selling author friends and they're like, 
I've been faking it this whole time. Yeah. I'm like, um, you've had 50 best-selling books. I don't think right. you're faking it. Well, even with my music, you know, I've got 3 million streams, but there's part of me that goes, well, it's really not that good. Like there are other people who are so much better than I am. It's just kind of dealing with that negative self-talk mm-hmm. when you can kind of look and go, okay, where is that coming from? Is that a place of fear? Am I, do I need more information or do I need, you know, to kind of sort through those feelings and figure out what's keeping me from finishing this project that I want to do? Because a lot of people have dreams and things that they want to finish, but they just get stuck. And so what a coach does is kind of come alongside them as a friend. As a coach, I don't tell people what to do. I ask questions. So if somebody mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm really having a hard time, you know, having a writing routine. And I go, okay, so what's what's going on with that? Like what is making you feel stuck in that particular area? And then we come up with a plan. I'm a big fan of like baby steps and plans that you can take to get there. Because we can always say, oh, I want to write my book. I want to finish it. But if you don't have a plan to do that, wishes seldom come true without work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so having a coach, having a peer who you can sit and talk with, who understands a little bit about what the process is like can really be an encouragement. And I know it was for me. So when Hope Writers offered that um, training program, I was like, oh my goodness, I would love to do that because I know how helpful it was for me personally as I was writing my book. And so I've started working with clients through them and through my own website. And it has been a blessing. It's so much fun. Like you mentioned, seeing the progress that you've seen in me over the last decade or so. I now get to see that in the people that I'm working with and see them finish the projects finally and to make the progress that they've wanted and that feeling of accomplishment that they get. It's satisfying for them, but it's I'm it's almost like I'm their little mama. It's <laughs> their so coaching true. mama. And I'm like, and oh, so I'm that, so that makes proud. me a grandmama, grand right? Yes, <laughs> you can be their grandma. <laughs> but you know, it's just that because I want people to have that that feeling of accomplishment. Like, this is what God created me to do and I'm doing it. That might be writing, that might be blogging, that might be music, that might be some other whatever, you know, just coming alongside somebody and saying, okay, what do we need to do to get you from where you are now to where you want to be? And just making it very practical and tiny steps to get there can be so, so helpful. It's so true. And we have a mutual friend that I know that you helped when you were doing your uh, training for it and just see like the glow on her face when she's like, I've been working with Sarah and I'm getting stuff done. It's like, Oh, this is so cool. And I, I just, that. I really feel like this is what the kingdom of God is all about. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to help you and you're going to help someone else. And then they're going to use their talents and gifts. And you know, it's not a competition. It's, it's like us using our gifts to serve and help others and encourage others and to, you know, give them those, those little nudges of faith that will help them to take those next steps. And I think it's so important for us to do that. And the more we can do that, I mean, just think the people that you're coaching now, the, whether it's music or whether it's writing, like that is going to impact and bless other people. So it's like, we're just you know planting seeds and spreading it and seeing things grow. And I love that the kingdom of God is all about that. I do too. And it's like you said, it's not about competition. It's about community. And we all have something we can learn from somebody else. I mean, they're not my rival. You know, they're my sister or they're my brother and I want them to succeed. Somebody else's success does not take away from me. You know, I I would love if they did better than I did because that would mean, you know, more words are out in the world and they're making a difference. And that's an amazing thing. 
Yeah, and I've I've had that happen. I've had people that I've helped that have gone on to sell way more yeah. books than I have. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is they're reaching audiences that I would never be able to reach. Right. Like I, we can only do so much. We can only read, you know, reach so many people. We can only write so many words or record so many songs or you know, right. write so many children's books. But it's like multiplying the kingdom when we train and when we help other people. Yeah. And I always like to think of the parable of the talents, you know, how you had the guy who gave one person, one talent, one person, three, I think it was three talents and the other one, five talents. And so it's just a matter of being responsible with what God has given us. He might give Mm -hmm. your neighbor more talents, (laughs) you know, and that's good. That's fine. But when the master came back and said, what did you do with these talents? He didn't ask, what did your neighbor do with their five talents? No, he asked, what did you do with yours? Right. And so rather than burying it in the ground and being like, oh, I don't know, I'm nervous, I'm scared, something bad might happen, you know, being faithful with what we've been given, at the end of that parable, the master gave that person more, you know, so just reminding ourselves not to worry so much about what our neighbor has in terms of their abilities or their audience or their email list or their social media focusing on what God has given you to do and then being obedient with it. Even if it's just a little bit, a little bit still matters. It still makes a difference to those people who you're in contact with. Yeah. And really it's that one thing that you to do list that gets marked off and the next day it's one other thing. And by the end of the year or the end of five years or the end of the decade, I mean, it's really only then we can look back and go, whoa, like right. that was a lot that was accomplished. But like, I mean, especially when we have kids in the house daily, it's like, I hardly got anything done today. But if you got something done, right? Like, it doesn't need to be a lot. Something if you got is something better than done, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Every day do something. Um, and I'll just tell myself that like, I'm going to answer. I will literally like if I had a super busy day, I'll say I'll literally answer 10 emails. Like this is mm-hmm. my business part of the thing today. Or I will write two paragraphs on this project or um, I've been lately during my quiet time, say, because I, I write devotions for guideposts and I did uh, a book that I'm doing with Robin Jones Gunn, I'll, whatever God's speaking to my heart, I'll think, well, can this apply to something I'm working on? And then just spent like 20 to 30 minutes taking what I got from my quiet time and writing it in those projects. And it's amazing. Like, oh, wait, I just finished that book. Like, how did right. that happen from yeah. that 20 to 30 minutes? In my morning, after my quiet time, when I could hear the kids up and around, instead of just immediately jumping up to go whatever, I mean, I just sat there for another 20 minutes. And it's like, wow, that little bit every day really makes a difference. Yeah, we underestimate what a difference those little bits of time can make, for sure. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, and I know there's uh, women out there, maybe some men out there, (laughs) like thinking like, okay, I have this dream. I've been pushing it off, but I'm starting to feel encouraged. What would you say as we're closing today that would really just inspire them? I would say I would encourage you to pray. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. a great way, a great place to start. Pray, God, what would you have me do with what you've given me? Mm -hmm. And then I would encourage you to find the smallest possible baby step to start with. So if say you're wanting to write, designate one day that you're going to write for five minutes. Like don't make it big, huge, and audacious. Start small because you can always build onto that. So find one way that you can start moving towards that big dream. Break that big dream into tiny bite-sized pieces and then get there just a little bit at a time. Right. And I love that you mentioned praying to start with because I think so many times we think, oh, it's just me. Like (laughs) I have to write the book. I have to do all this with my own strength. 
And that's not the case. Like we have right. God who we can depend on that has a wisdom that has, you know, more than we need or can ever hope for that he's there and available for us. So I love that, like pray and ask God to help you and guide you and then figure out what that baby step is. And I found that those baby steps kind of snowball. Like, they you know, do. pretty soon you start with five minutes and pretty soon you're doing 10 or then you're doing 30 and then you're figuring out like, I don't really need to watch this movie. I could go and work on this thing or do this other thing or um, it really snowballs and they grow. Yeah, they do. And just to give yourself grace, because we all are going to have stuff that comes up. And like, I have a kid at home right now with a stomach bug. So my morning got a little bit different than I was originally planning. So give yourself grace for those moments and things don't go as Mm -hmm. planned. But don't use that as an excuse to say, never again, you know, take it and go, okay, this was not a good day, or this was not a good week. But I'm going to dust myself off and try again tomorrow. I think that can be encouraging as well. Oh, I love that. Okay, so the book again is The Wonderful Way You Are by Sarah Elizabeth Brooks. Um, So Sarah, tell us where they can find information about your book and your music and your coaching and all the things, Sarah. Okay, probably the best place would be my website and it's Sarah with an H, sarahebrooks.com. And then my music is on all of the major streaming platforms. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and my book's also available on Amazon. But if you'd like an autographed copy, those are on my website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for being here today. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be inspired. Well, thanks so much, Trisha. Thanks for having me.